you are listening to Seek the Good, Episode 9, Judge Not. This is the podcast where we seek the good in life, in others, and in ourselves to create an extraordinary life. This is Seek the Good, and I'm your host, Jaquel Tool. Podcast friends, welcome back to another episode um, I am so excited to talk about judgment <laughs> and judging. And this can seem kind of like deep and heavy, but I promise you, this has been life changing for me to think about this and to study this. And I hope you take the time to listen. So, first off, I want you to think of what your first thoughts are about judge or judging others like what do you think of when I say a judge and what about a judge and then what do you think of when I say judging others I usually think of how we should judge righteously and to me that means I should judge I should just do it in a righteous way and the more I've been studying this, the more I realize that I don't know how to do it in a righteous way. <laughs> and and that is what we're going to talk about today. If you look up the definition of judge, if you use it as a noun, it's a public official appointed to decide cases in a court of law. And then if you use it as a verb, it is to form an opinion or conclusion about. I think it's important to realize why we judge because we just automatically do it. So many of us judge. And it's so interesting because we've been commanded not to judge, yet we judge. And I know I just talked about how we're told to judge righteously. So I want to talk about those differences. But I think we do it because we feel like we have to rank ourselves. Like, think about our world we live in. There's very few examples where, like, everybody gets the prize, right? There's usually only a certain amount of people that get the prize or get into a certain school. Like, there's a number, there's a cap, there's a limit. And so we like to rank ourselves, and we like to see ourselves ranked above other people. It just feels good to be doing better. It's a way to help us feel good about ourselves. But it's super harmful. <laughs> we shouldn't rank. There's no need to rank. We think it's for our survival that we need to rank other people, but we do not need to rank others. Matthew 7, 1 and 2 says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with that judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. <laughs> and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And verse 3 says, And why beholden thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? So a lot of times we're judging other people and we're not realizing how we're doing that same thing or even worse. We're doing worse things. In Third Nephi 27.27, we're told, Ye shall be judges of this people. According to the judgment which I shall give unto you, which shall be just. Therefore, what manner of men ought ye be? Verily I say unto you, even as I am. 
we sometimes forget that when he, Christ, gave the counsel for us to be as he is, it was in the context of how to judge righteously. He says, ye shall be judges of this people according to the judgment that I will give you. And then he says, what manner of men ought you to be even as I am? Elder Lynn G. Robbins talked about this in October 2016. And the talk is called The Righteous Judge. And I recommend highly that all of you go and read it. It is amazing. And he says, there is only one way to judge righteous judgment as Jesus Christ does. And that is to be as he is, to be as Christ. That's the only way that we can righteously judge others is to be as Christ. So let's talk more about judgment. And then let's talk more about who Christ is and how Christ judges. If that is how we have to be to be able to judge. So Elder Uchtdorf, in his talk, The Merciful Obtained Mercy, talked about how we know that we need to depend on Christ. And we see when we look at others, like, of course, they should forgive them. And, you know, if they don't forgive this other person, then they won't be forgiven. And same with judgment. Like, if they judge others, they'll be judged that same harshly. It just makes sense. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If you're merciful, you'll get mercy. Like, it just it just makes sense, right? <laughs> and they seem perfectly reasonable. And I love how Elder Gdor says, when applied to someone else. <laughs> he says, we can so clearly and easily see the harmful results that come when others judge and hold grudges. And we certainly don't like it when people judge us. But when it comes to our own prejudice and grievances, we too often justify our anger as righteous and our judgments as reliable and only appropriate. Though we cannot look into another's heart, we assume that we know a bad motive or even a bad person when we see one. We can make exceptions when it comes to our own bitterness because we feel that in our case, we have all the information we need to hold someone else in contempt. This topic of judging others could actually be taught in a two-word sermon when it comes to hating, gossiping, ignoring, ridiculing, holding grudges, or wanting to cause harm. Please apply the following. Stop it. (laughs) It's that simple. We simply have to stop judging others and replace judgmental thoughts and feelings with a heart full of love for God and his children. Now that's true, what Elder Uchtdorf said, that it is simple. But it is not easy, as we know. (laughs) It is not easy. Let's look at some examples of when people were judging in the New Testament. And these are examples that Elder Robbins gave in that same October 2016 talk that I told you you should look up and read. He talks about how the Savior was eating dinner and the Pharisees and the scribes judged by saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And this was a story from in Luke 15, 2. So they were judging Christ for eating with sinners. And they were judging the people as sinners when they didn't realize that they were sinners too. They had no idea that they were sinners. And they ranked themselves higher than those people that Christ was eating with. And then we have the other example of when the Pharisees and the scribes brought the women taken in adultery to see if Christ would judge her. 
first, though, what Christ did was he humbled them. He helped them realize that beam in their own eyes. And they condemned themselves. They realized that they were sinners and that they had no position to, they were in no place to judge this woman and they walked away. And then Christ turned to the woman and he said to her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And I love how it says, and the woman glorified God from that hour and believed on his name. This was in John eight eleven. Like how beautiful is that? Like we talk about, okay, we're supposed to judge as Christ judges. Look at this situation. Like, did he even judge? Did he judge her? He didn't, like, when we think of judge, that usually means to condemn. But he didn't condemn her. He just judged what he should do next, (laughs) which was to love her and to tell her that she should go and live a better life, that there's a better way, sin no more. And she changed because of that, because he didn't judge her. He didn't condemn her. And that's when she changed. The natural man and woman in each of us wants to condemn others, to judge unrighteously or judge self-righteously, like we're better than others. And this even happened to James and John and the Savior's apostles in Luke 9. They were infuriated that the people in a Samaritan village treated Christ so disrespectfully. So they told the Lord, Wilt thou that we condemn fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? Like, let's get these people. They are being really disrespectful to you, and they should be killed, pretty much, is what these apostles felt. And Christ turned to them and rebuked them. And he said, You know not what manner of spirit ye are of. Meaning to me, you don't know what you're, what spirit you're coming from. You're coming from the spirit that is not of me. Satan's spirit, pretty much, right? Anger and, and evil. He says, for the son of man is not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. Christ didn't want to judge those people. He wanted to save them. Today we have common judges, right? Um, our bishops and our branch presidents. And I love how Elder Robin, Robin says that they should avoid any similar impulse to condemn as James and John did on that occasion. A righteous judge would respond to a confession with compassion and understanding. So if anybody goes in and they confess their sins to the bishop, they should leave the bishop's office filling the love and the Savior through the bishop and enveloped in the joy and healing power of the atonement, never shamed or held in contempt. Otherwise, the bishop may unwittingly drive the lost sheep further into the wilderness. So Elder Robbins goes on and says, In the world, it is an earthly judge who condemns a man and locks him in prison. In contrast, the Book of Mormon teaches us that when we willfully sin, we become our own judges, that's from Alma 41.7, and consign ourselves to spiritual prison. 
Ironically, the common judge in this case holds the keys that unlocks the prison gates. For with the ch chastisement, for with the chastisement, I prepare a way for their deliverance in all things out of temptation. That's from Doctrine and Covenants 95.1. Then he says, The proceedings of a righteous judge are merciful, loving, and redemptive, not condemning. So I was just thinking like, okay, so the characteristics of a righteous judge, which is Christ, is merciful, loving, redemptive, and not condemning. I just thought, like, very few cases is Christ going to condemn. Like, I'm not saying it's not possible. We know that there's going to be sons of perdition. But otherwise, we don't really believe in, like, a hell, hell, like everybody says. But I think more what the judgment seat is going to be is Christ pleading for us to take his atonement to change and to become rather than us like begging to be there like it's gonna be our choice like we're gonna condemn ourselves if we condemn ourselves so I just think that's so so mind-boggling <laughs> maybe what we really need to judge is how to discipline so the case of a bishop they do need to do something right and they're the judges of of Israel maybe it's how to discipline and when we say the word discipline, of course, that means what to teach. So what can I teach this person to help them to be redeemed, to be taken out of this, this sin that's holding them back and keeping them from feeling the joy that comes from living the gospel? When it comes to reproving somebody, we should only reprove when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, not when moved upon by anger, which is so true. The scriptures teach that the Holy Ghost and anger are incompatible. So whenever we need to reprove somebody, we need to make sure that it is by the Spirit. And I believe that will be on a very rare occasion. Usually it's just going to be out of love. So it's really good to check our emotion. Like, are we feeling anger? And we want to say something to somebody in a, a strong manner. Or is it because of the Holy Ghost prompting us to say something? That's a huge key to know there. So now let's think of how you feel when you judge someone. Whenever I judge someone, honestly, it feels terrible. <laughs> it does not feel good. It feels gross. It feels like anger. A lot of the times, it feels like resentment some of the times. I love listening to April Price's podcast called 100% Awesome. And the one that I listened to about this topic was episode 5 called Skip the Judgment, Fill the Love. So I listened to it and then I had to like re-listen to it with a piece of paper. Because when I was listening to it, I just had some profound shifts in my thinking and thought this can really help me to become more Christ-like. So I'm going to listen to this and write down the notes so that I can really soak this in. And in it, she mentions that feeling judgment just makes our hearts get harder and harder. And she mentioned a situation with her daughter and she had 
this thought every time she saw her daughter, my daughter shouldn't be sad. Her daughter was very sad and was having a hard time. And she just kept um, thinking my daughter shouldn't be sad. And she kept judging her and thinking things like she shouldn't be sad because she lives in America and she has all these freedoms and she has her own room and her own cell phone and like all these things. Like, she's super spoiled and has lots, but she's still being sad. And so, um, April talks about how she just kept kind of judging her daughter, which we all do this, right? And we think they should be acting a different way. And this had, when April thought this thought, she acted impatient with her daughter and rude towards her daughter. She wasn't compassionate or understanding. She tried to avoid her daughter. She asked the question in her podcast, did or could this judgment improve my relationship with my daughter? And I love this part. She said, no, never. It's impossible. And that just stuck with me so much because we do it so much. We judge and we think it's going to help in some way. But remember those words, no, never. (laughs) It's impossible for judgment to improve the relationship. So luckily, April has a coach, (laughs) just like we all need one, and she was able to get coached around this thinking and change her thought to, of course, my daughter should be sad. And just from switching to she should be sad helped her to remove all the judgment and just allow it to be, and it healed her relationship as she dropped that judgment. I looked up the definition of should. Because I use that word so much (laughs) and it feels so awful every time I think, oh, I should have done this. I should be doing this. I shouldn't have done that. Anytime I think the word should, it feels awful in my life. So I looked up the definition and it said, typically used when criticizing someone's actions. (laughs) And I thought, yep, that's it. I am criticizing myself or others every time I use that word should. So I have been really consciously trying to never use the word should. And it's really hard because it just comes up because it's so programmed in my brain. But it has helped a lot just noticing when I say it and trying to replace it with something else. Like I could, I could do that. It feels so much better than the criticizing should do that. Our one job is to accept and love others exactly as they are. My brain freaks out when I hear this (laughs) because I think they won't change if we don't, if we accept them exactly as they are. And same with myself. I won't change if I accept myself as I am. But think about this. Has anyone ever really changed when they felt unaccepted? No. I don't think so. I don't think anyone's ever really made long lasting change from feeling unaccepted. It's only come when they feel loved and accepted exactly as they are. Which doesn't really make sense, but that's how it is. (laughs) It makes sense, but I think we think it's going to come the opposite way that it works to not accept and to judge and point out faults 
that it's really in the accepting and loving people as they are that motivates them to change. I think of my past and people that really loved me, even though they knew I wasn't perfect. (laughs) And that's what's caused me to want to change the most in my life. So I've been studying this, reading lots of talks about judgment and podcasts and different things to kind of wrap my brain around this more. And I noticed some cool improvement (laughs) this last Sunday. Um, My son, in his school, they have a triathlon reading contest. And so what they have to do is read a certain amount of books, walk a certain amount of time, and then do an hour service project. So we decided to tie some blankets for some people back east that um, are refugees that are cold and they need blankets. So um, we laid out the blankets and I started cutting the fabric and my son was going to tie the things. So I was teaching him how to tie the fleece together. And he started getting more and more impatient with himself. And that's kind of what he does. <laughs> because if you know my son, everything usually comes really easy to him. And so when things don't come easy to him, and he's not getting it right away, I think he thinks like he's a failure. And that he'll, he tells he says out loud, like, I'm never going to be able to do this. And starts like throwing a tantrum kind of if he can't do things because he's so used to just being able to do everything so easy. So I was trying to be really patient with him and explaining here, do this. And I would show him exactly what to do. And I know he wasn't watching because he would do it completely different. He wasn't listening to me. I kept trying to be patient and try again, do it this way. I, he kept saying, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get this. And I kept being patient, like, You will get this, buddy. You always get it eventually. Sometimes it takes time. You will get this. Just watch what I'm doing and doing exactly what I tell you to do and you'll get it. And his tantrum persisted. And finally, I had enough. He had been kind of having these tantrums for a whole, like, two days. And I was, it was the last straw. I was done. So I yelled at him and I said, get over here, do this, knock it off. Like I was like, really for me, like the tone of voice I had and how loud I said it and all that stuff was not normal for me. He kind of snapped out of his tantrum a little bit because of it. And he did what I told him because I think he feared me a little (laughs) And I laugh about it now because I I am proud of myself and how far I've come. Because in the past, if I would have done that, I would have beaten myself up all day long. I would have told myself how I'm an awful mom, that I shouldn't have done that, that I'm never going to figure out how to parent. And I would have just gone down on this, this judgment of myself all day long and it would have ruined my day and instead right after I did it I didn't judge myself at all I showed myself compassion and love like Christ would have in that moment I don't think he would have been mad at me for doing that I think he would have put his arm around me and said 
I love you. Keep trying. And from that, I was able to show up more patient after. Because if I would have judged myself, I probably would have kept yelling. I would have kept being frustrated with him. I just allowed it to happen and just accepted the fact and loved myself for acting that way, even though I didn't, it's not ideal. I don't want to act that way. And from loving and accepting me for even doing that, I was able to change more quickly. And I'm not perfect at this in any way, but I'm trying to do that more and more to not judge myself and get mad at myself, but instead show myself love. What's going on? You know, talking to myself. What uh, What's going on? What What's making you upset? What can we do to help you calm down more? And just have this conversation with myself to to show myself more love and compassion so that I can change from that place. Because when I'm judgmental or mean towards myself, I don't change. I just am stuck in this negative cycle of negative thoughts feelings and behaviors when it comes to others we are afraid to accept someone as they are because we are afraid we are accepting or condoning the bad behavior so in turn we judge them which is in a way accepting and condoning them as bad when we do that when we judge others and their behaviors There is no hope or healing felt in that moment when we judge someone. We are, in fact, in that moment of judging someone, denying the power and purpose of the atonement of Jesus Christ. So how do we judge righteously? We become as Christ is. And we realize how much love and compassion he judges us with. And as we free ourselves from that responsibility to judge others, because it isn't our responsibility, (laughs) it is Christ's responsibility, we feel so much love and we are able to have that Christ-like attribute of charity. And my friends, that feels so much better. And judgment. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.